Welcome to the Dropping Points Podcast, a weekly MLS fantasy podcast hosted by Blake Eshelman and Brian Maurer from MLS Gone Wild and Top End 90 Media. Are you looking for some designated players to save you from dropping points in MLS fantasy? Well, Brian and I have you covered with weekly MLS recaps, important fantasy-related news, and unsolicited advice that will help you win your MLS fantasy league. And please remember, listen responsibly. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Dropping Points podcast. I'm your host, Blake, here with my partner in MLS Fantasy Soccer, Brian Maurer. We are recording on a Wednesday evening. It is a double game week. There are only two teams participating in the double game week. It is LAFC versus Atlanta. So obviously we won't be giving you too much advice because it's a little bit too late. But I've got the game on in front of me. They're getting ready to kick off. Brian does not have the game on. And just to make things fun, Brian Captain Buonga and I Captain Almeida. Brian, I can't wait to watch this game, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm getting like really nervous because we've just been talking about the the switching back and forth between Buonga and Almada. And I feel like a late late minute switch is always a nervous experience, but it's all part of it. It's all it's all for the culture, like you said. <laughs> for the culture. One of us has to drop points. We can't tie. We have yeah. to have some differential here. So yeah. <laughs> why not do it with the double game week, Captain? I love it. There it but, is. But, uh, but Brian, let's get into quickly into the dropping points fantasy league top five from last week. It was a big double game week, a, a big opportunity to score a lot of points. I myself cracked the top 25 weekly. I finished uh, with 201 points, came in 24th place in the dropping points fantasy league. Best week yet. That's a good bounce back from a 41 point week the, the week before, but that's in the past, right? Yeah in the rear view we're only we're moving forward now but coming in at number one this past week we had a tie for first place hey ricky you're so fine in black and red with 224 points everybody in the top five had lucas elarion he had 58 if you captained him coming in at number two older goaler he had 220 points again zella number three was trippa mishki fc 219 points at number four sloppy stakes 215 points and then coming out coming in at number five saint owners stoners fc with 214 points a bunch of repeats in our top five congratulations to you guys who are consistently in there and keeping pace with the top of the league but brian you had a you did not have 200 points Mm -mm. you had a rough week i believe 167 what happened and where did you drop points yeah so this is definitely in a a week where like 200 seemed to be the mark to, to really shoot for to to be under uh, was a big let up um, with so many premium players hit, hitting this week. So my my big dropping point was uh, I made some last minute adjustments which which hit me it hurt me. Uh, I went with RSL a couple of RSL players really keying in on that matchup against LA Galaxy and started Brody instead of having him be a switcheroo over Severino, which Severino ended up playing really well. Didn't start in the second game, the gate double game week, but he did have nine points, but since he was on my bench and Brody was in the starting lineup, I ended up having uh, Brody's points count and it was three points for him. Plus I had Washington in my lineup and put my baby to bed. And so he came in as he does about 50% of the time for Nashville. So that dropped the Saverino points. So lost all of my RSL points on making all those last minute switches. And then uh, Connor Ronan was another last minute adjustment I made over Asante. I did have him in a switcheroo. So those points, the lack of points didn't really hurt me. 
Um, and Santi didn't have a super great week either. So it wasn't like that was losing too many points, but still didn't pick a good option in the switcheroo there. Takayoka is starting to let me down. I've talked him up pretty much most of this season, and Vancouver are starting to to give up some goals at home, and they I was hope banking on at least one clean sheet out of their two home games in the double game week. Didn't get any. Uh, so that was another big one. And then Gazdok, my goodness, the one premium player who didn't go off. And he was my captain. So had 12, a 12 point captain when every other premium player that people had was getting 17, 20, 25, Zilla Ryan, 20, 29 points. So me captaining Gazdog over Zella. That I mean, sometimes you can get away with it as long as they both go off. But the, that point differential, I mean, that was like, I mean, that cost me an, an extra Acosta essentially out of out of not captaining guys like over like a Zella Ryan. So that was a ended up being a pretty big let up this week, even though he he got twelve. It's just in the double game week that was well well below par when all the premium players went off. So those are my big dropping points for this week. Yeah, and that last one is a big one. Not capping Lucas Elarion in last yep. week's double game week is a killer. That's a make or break between 200 and a 167. Yep. It's unfortunate, Brian, but, you know, big week to bounce back here. But my dropping points, you talked about Takayoka. He got me just five points. He was my starting goalkeeper as well, so that kind of sucked. And then last week I talked up Donovan Pines. I thought I talked myself into starting him, and then it was time to make that decision when the rolling lockout started. And my 50-50 player of the week last week was not in my lineup. And of course, because I did that, he scored two goals and his two very plus matchups, right? Like the matchups looked great against Montreal and Inter Miami. And he had 19 points through those two matches. So I had 201. The 19 would have had me to 220. Probably would have been in the top five if I would have had Donovan Pines. Well, I would have been in the top five. So that stunk. And then I rolled with Alex Roldan. I had him in the bench with a Otteru, him or Nick Lima, whoever got the most points, we're going to sub in. And the reason I moved Roldan to the bench there was to just see if he got that yellow card in the first game. And I think he got a yellow card in the 19th minute against the Quakes. And from there, it was just kind of, you know, really in trouble. I think he finished with like five points and then Nick Lima, his seven automatically went into my lineup and seven's not terrible, but you're really hoping for a guy like Alex Roldan, who has been one of the most productive fullbacks in MLS fantasy this year to play the full 180. but that's the risk you take. And I, I went about the smartest route I could have by having him on my bench. Maybe the bigger dropping point was Nick Lima instead of like a, a Gallagher for Austin FC or just picking up somebody else who got more than seven points, just not having another guy competing for those points with Alex Roldan. But and that's that's really it for my dropping points. Last week I had a laundry list and this week like my dropping points weren't really that bad. Like I just missed out on 19 and then Alex Roldan just his yellow card suspension kind of killed me in that second game. But no big deal, man. 201 points, top 25 in the dropping points fantasy league. I'm pretty proud of it. I've said it like five times. Hell yeah. What a difference a week makes yeah. after being down in the dumps with that 41 points, you know, coming back with a 200. That's what a double game week can do. I mean, a huge stretch. I mean, you gained like 40 points on me almost. So let's, let's hope that success continues. <laughs> But Brian, because there was a huge double game week, there were a lot of points to be had. We learned a lot of things about a lot of players, a lot of teams. What three things stood out to you that have MLS fantasy relevancy from last week? 
Yeah, so I think the first one was I noticed that there was just a ton of uh, value options at goalkeeper. Obviously, not all of these uh, goalkeepers are going to be playable every week. But if a lot of these guys end up having starting roles either because they they replaced a healthy goalkeeper and just earned the spot over them or um, just because of an injury, um, there's just a lot of value at the goalkeeper position right now, which is really the one of the main positions I'm looking for value in. Um, Daniel is at 6.2 mil. He's been starting over Marcinkowski in San Jose. Uh, Beavers has been starting over McMath. At, he's at 4 mil. Pantamus at 6 mil. Richie at 4.9. I'm assuming Brody's coming back. He just got hurt uh, a couple weeks ago, but as long as he's out there, Richie's at 4.9 mil, Illich at 6.8, Ivicic at 6.2, and McIntosh at 4.3. So there's just a lot of value uh, at the goalkeeper position. Obviously, these guys aren't weekly starters, but, I mean, generally, I'm playing goal the goalkeeper position completely on a matchup-dependent situation, generally a home matchup, and generally just whoever they're like, – whichever matchup is – uh, playing against a, a poorer a team in poorer form like a Miami or just a team that's not showing the, the ability to score goals uh, as of now. So I mean, and when it, whichever is the cheapest option is kind of my route. So when there's that many different goalkeepers that are that are at a value, I'm definitely keying in on some of those just to see um, if they can hit and get me some value so I can spend more in the midfield. Uh, then my next one is Atlanta's defense continues to struggle. 1.9 goals against per game in the last 10 games with only one clean sheet. Um, and that's now taking out that six goal game against when they gave up six against Columbus. So they're still putting up those kind of poor uh, defensive numbers even after that Columbus performance. Uh, so it's the sixth most points per game, 11 to forwards at home, and eighth most points per game, 13.4 to forwards away. So it's just they're giving up a ton of a ton of points uh, home and away, especially to attacking positions. They're also giving up a lot of points to midfielders. Uh, they have a double game week against two teams with informed forwards, Bowanga and Benteke. This week, I like we said, I've already captained Bowanga as we're watching this match live, and then I think Benteke is another option against this poor defense. Um, and then my last one is SKC has won three. They're won their last three home games with a nine nine goals for two against in those games their forwards are averaging 19 points per game midfielders 28.3 points per game and they're scoring the most uh they're scoring more than the worst team at preventing points away to forwards and mids so they're just really outperforming a lot of metrics right now at home in those three home games uh, and they play austin this week who allow the sixth most points per game away so they've got another home game um, they're actually like starting to come into form. I know this is a, a risky situation to talk about because we've both been burned by SKC players already this year, but sometimes it's important to kind of like sh uh, shed those emotions and, and stay objective. And then if they actually are starting to change their form, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on because they have a lot of talented players that are at a value right now. Yeah, I agree. I've been burned by Eric Tommy a couple times Alan yep. Polito since he's come back from his injury Daniel Shallowy had a pretty big week last week right and you yeah I've been up, burned right? by Daniel Shallowy this season I got burned by him earlier this year but yeah he's had a big week he's had a big couple of weeks and and I mean he's just a what probably one of the more talented wingers in all of MLS if he's on form from what where he what he showed he can do a couple of years ago so mm -hmm. I mean and they're all again they're all at a value so did you have Shallowy this past week 
No, okay. no, I had well, I had them in at one point, and then I started swapping around as I do. <laughs> yeah, I remember a text that you sent me saying something about Daniel Shalloway, so that's why I brought that up. Yeah, yeah, but I, oh yeah, he was in. I, oh yeah, if we could count all the rotations I make on those poorer game weeks, I definitely had a good score at one point. It's just not the one that locks in. <laughs> You got to go with your gut sometimes. Yeah. Like if you have a gut feeling about somebody like a Daniel Shallowy or a yep. Donovan Pines, like I just talked about, you got to go with yep. them, right? Yep. But as my, long as our listeners are listening to our advice better than we do. <laughs> yeah, we're very self-conscious. Like we, we, we don't listen to ourselves. Yeah. But, but my three things that I learned from this last round of MLS Fantasy was that FC Cincinnati may be top of the Shield standings, but Columbus Crew took over as the top home team in MLS Fantasy after a massive double game week. So the Columbus Crew score 74.4 points per game at home, and they only give up 37.2 points per game at home at lower.com field. And then Lucas Elion and Cucho, they ranked number one for both the midfielder and forwards this past week, respectively. Zella had that 29 and then Cucho had 21. So when the crew are at home, they're red hot, man, not great away. They're going to be away for the next couple weeks actually. But man, when this team is as at home, they're scoring more goals than anybody else in MLS. I think second place is uh, the other team that's scoring a bunch of goals. I'll just, I'll skip down to my third point. Actually following their three zero win over the weekend, St. Louis have now scored three or more goals in three straight home matches. Their 22 home goals are good for second most in the league behind the crew, the team I just talked about. Again, they are red hot and they get to play the LA Galaxy this weekend. And the LA Galaxy can see the most away points per game in all of MLS fantasy. So that's another home team to target when they are playing at their home stadium. And then we saw two players return from injury or just make their debut. Driussi and Reynoso are back, folks. And they're pretty cheap too, right? Uh, so in Driussi's first game back since week 10, he scored a goal in just 29 minutes of action. He got six points in that game. And then in Reynoso's 2023 debut for the Loons, he created the most chances and completed the most dribbles in that match. Two chances created, four dribbles completed. He played just 25 minutes. I think Reynoso's at 8.1 mil. I think Driussi is at 8.7. Again, they haven't got the ball rolling in 2023 yet. So, you know, you could watch their value grow. You know, depending on the matchup, they could be guys to pick up going forward, especially Reynoso. I mean, the the numbers he put up in just 25 minutes this past weekend were were pretty impressive. But those are my three things. Brian, I think we can go ahead and get into the important fantasy-related news, double game weeks, injuries, suspensions, things like that. So again, double game week only for LA and Atlanta. We had the St. Louis and FC Dallas resumption of their abandoned game earlier this season and that game went final earlier what was the final was it two zero two nil yeah dallas won two nil i believe okay and that one did not count for mls fantasy no no because i think it was a partial they like they picked up that like the similar to what charlotte and columbus did last year right where they picked up in like the 30th minute or something like that i think even maybe later yeah maybe 74 because i got a decent way through that game i think yeah well it it doesn't matter it didn't count for mls fantasy so we won't really go into it but we'll get into the suspensions first because MLS does actually a decent job about listing those on the site, not so much about injuries. So guys that are going to be suspended for this weekend due to either red cards or yellow card accumulation, Kamal Miller from Miami, Maxime Cheneau for New York City FC, Jose Martinez, the defensive midfielder for Philly, 
and then Claudio Bravo, the left back for the Portland Timbers. That's a bummer with Claudio Bravo. I actually, I actually uh, liked him in his matchup this week against um, Dallas. So it's, it's yeah, I like that home matchup on a Sunday too. The late, the late game, like just having potentially an extra option at the very late game. I was, I was eyeing it, but with the yellow card accumulation. Well, the last time we saw Portland play at home on a Sunday was against Sporting Kansas City, and they got throttled. True that. <laughs> so maybe Claudio Bravo being suspended saved me. <laughs> maybe. And then, yeah. so there there are a number of players that are one yellow card away from suspension. Most notably this week, though, is Yakamakis for Atlanta, who's starting for Atlanta. We're 11 minutes in. He does not have a yellow card yet. That's why he is on my bench. Like I learned from the rolled on thing last week. We're gonna we're gonna continue doing that. If a guy is one yellow card away, but I like your matchup, I'm gonna put you on the bench and see how that goes. And just hope you don't get that yellow. So just keep an eye on that. There are a number of other guys that. Just have one game this week that are one yellow card away, but that really won't matter until next week where that suspension could set in. And then there's also a bunch of midweek games. Uh, In addition to this midweek, double game week, LAFC, that's a great shot there from LAFC, LAFC versus Atlanta game. So we have midweek U.S. Open Cup. The teams that were competing in that were FC Cincinnati, Chicago, Houston, Miami, Real Salt Lake, and the LA Galaxy. And then I think what just kicked off just under an hour ago is the Canadian championship between Vancouver and CF Montreal. So a lot of these, these teams aren't competing in the MLS match, but they're competing in a high stakes match to advance to the final four of the U S open cup or lift a trophy for the Canadian championship. So keep an eye on how those teams rotate when it comes to the weekend or if they rotate whatsoever, because we kind of expected this LAFC side to rotate after the CCL final loss to Lyon which was Sunday evening. Here we are 72 hours later, and they're rolling out basically their best 11 that's healthy, maybe minus Carlos Vela. But, Brian, let's go ahead and get into the matchups. The first matchup you have listed here is New England Revolution versus Inter-Miami. What do you have for that matchup? Yeah, so essentially um, Miami is starting the uh, – yeah, Miami starting the majority of the starters midweek against Birmingham, so they're going to be a little bit on a short, short, a short rest. New England is the big favorite of the week. Uh, minus 195 is what the odds makers have them at right now. So the biggest on the weekend. Inner Miami allow the third most fantasy points per game away, 75.6. Inner Miami also allow the second most to goalkeepers and defenders and third most to midfielders away. Um, so I'm definitely keying in on New England's uh, players in this one. New England scored the third most fantasy points per game at home, uh, 72.7. So uh, all the players I'm looking for in this matchup are for New England. I'm completely fading Inter Miami uh, until Messi gets here. We actually have we haven't talked about Messi yet on this on this episode, but Messi is officially coming to Inter Miami this summer. Um, but I'm fading Miami pretty much until then, and then um, might even be still fading a decent amount of them besides him, <laughs> even when that happens. But anyway, um, this, for this week's online players like Carlos Hill, Dewan Jones, Dave Romney, Georgie Petrovich. Bobby Wood, Emma Boateng, um, and, and any other kind of value options, especially in the defensive side, because there's, ha- I mean, New England have had a lot of injuries, so there easily could be another, like Farrell could be in there or something like that. That's the only other name that wasn't mentioned in that list that you just provided was Andrew Farrell. Yeah, so that was the, so um, just kind of seeing how, and they kind of had had that, because Brandon Bay is still out as well, I believe, so, or is he, he's kind of getting close. I believe he's out and they're running like a three, five, two with Jones yeah. playing a wing back and Emma, plays that Emma left wing back. playing the other one. Yeah. The only other yeah. name here that you haven't listed that 
I mean, has been really good this year and he's still cheap. And we talked about him really early on in the season because yeah. he was no on buck. the MLS gone wild podcast. No buck. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's been really, really good this season. He's still probably sub six mil and yep. in a, in a matchup against Miami, like that's, that's something I like, but yep. we're at a point now this season where you, you shouldn't be, you know, looking for a guy that's, that's six mil, you know, you should have enough in your bank yep. that you don't need to do that. But yep. if you're feeling froggy, that's a super differential pick. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And so like that's I mean, that's where I'm, I'm looking at New England completely in that matchup, um, completely fading Miami. Uh, the next matchup I have is Atlanta United versus DC United. Obviously, Atlanta's playing right now uh, as we're as we're on the uh, official GG yellow card watch podcast. And <laughs> and uh, and so but in their weekend matchup, Atlanta, Atlanta versus DC. Um, the odds makers have this matchup to be the most likely to have over two and a half total goals at minus 170 is what they have the odds set right now, which is actually the technically the second um, highest compared to the LAFC Atlanta game that's happening right now. But over the weekend, this is the, the projected to be the most scoring affair. Based, I mean, it's completely on Atlanta uh, being capable of scoring, but also just giving up a ton of goals. So I'm eyeing both teams' attacks in this matchup. Atlanta allowed the sixth most fancy points per game, like I said, uh, mentioned earlier, to forwards at home and ninth most to mids. Uh, Atlanta has the second worst defense based on goals against in MLS with 28, um, but they are capable of scoring. I'm eyeing players from both teams, uh, Christian Benteke from D.C., Thiago Amada, who have already got in my lineup, as well as Yakumakis. Matthias Cliff is also an option. Uh, Lennon and Gutman, who I haven't picked, but I'm assuming there's a decent chance that maybe some some others have picked any of those guys. So the Atlanta guys you've already had to have picked at this point, but definitely keep an eye also on Ben Teke and Matthews Click um, from DC. Um, because if you haven't picked those, those guys are definitely still options for this weekend that I think could definitely pop off. And uh, and Donovan Pines because he's just a goal scoring machine now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although uh, uh you definitely, I mean he has you very goal dependent this week because I can't imagine them keeping a clean sheet in Atlanta. Uh, I expect that that game to be a high scoring affair. Yeah. Um, and then my last, the last matchup I've got is St. Louis city versus LA galaxy. We mentioned St. Louis earlier at just how well they're scoring and, and playing at home and LA galaxy are just giving up a ton of fantasy points and just giving up. I mean, they're just really poor away. Of course, the one time they played well away is when I target them using RSL players last week. But regardless, besides that matchup, LA Galaxy allowed the, the most fantasy points per game away, 79.5. LA Galaxy also allowed the most to goalkeepers and mids, and the third most to defenders and the sixth most to forwards. So they're just giving up points from every position. Uh, St. Louis have won three straight at home with a plus nine goal differential and two clean sheets in that time. I'm again, I'm fading all LA Galaxy players in this matchup, and I'm looking at a bunch of different St. Louis options. I've already got three in right now. I've got Leuven, Parker, and Berkey all in my lineup. I also like Giochini, uh, who continues to be a little bit, I mean, obviously goal dependent as a forward out there, but I mean, he's still at a good value. I'm also looking at other potential attacking and defensive options that they might have at value. Guys like Stroud, who kind of have like really hot and cold weeks, who could uh, be an interesting switcheroo play, differential play this week. So um, a lot of different midfield, I'd say midfield and attacking and defensive options for St. Louis uh, to keep an eye on this week. Yeah, and, and again, keep in mind that the LA Galaxy are playing a U.S. Open Cup match right now against RSL, 
And yep. it, I don't even know the score of it. Wow, RSL 3-0 in the 60th minute. And LA started a majority of their starters. Chicharito and Jovalich both started. Ricky Puj, those are just three of the guys that I noticed when I was watching the game prior to hopping on the show. Of and course, then, RSL would do that the week after I played them in fantasy. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then also, so St. Louis played tonight midweek on a Wednesday as well, but they only yep. played 39 minutes against Dallas. So they yep. did, they, they played less than half of a match. So, um, but just something to look for. Like I, I, I could see the galaxy rotating more than, than St. Louis. I, St. Louis doesn't have much to rotate with an expansion side doesn't have much depth to build with until the summer. So they're kind mm-hmm. of working with what they've got and they build a decent enough roster to get to where they are now. But yeah, yeah. I'm actually so, surprised LA galaxy have gotten themselves in that big of a hole that I feel like they were really probably putting all their eggs in the U.S. Open Cup basket at this point in the season based on how their early form has gone. So to play all their starters and to be down 3-0 is quite a let-up. I can totally see that being the last maybe sort of like emotional emotional just just drop. It just really spills the bucket. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see Greg Vanny being out for sure. Think? Yeah. After this game or after this after St. Louis? I mean, if, if, if they if – they... Don't turn it around in the next 30 minutes, this U.S. Open Cup game. Like, I mean, they have every reason to yeah. to get rid of them. I mean, the results aren't there. Yeah. Nope, the for sure. Aren't there. They already got rid of Klein. Clean house, yep. you know what I'm saying? All right, yep. but let's get into tap-in 50-50 long shot, Ryan. Who is your tap-in yep. of the week? So, I mean, just touched on St. Louis. I'm going to go right back to St. Louis again for my tap-in. Edward Leuven. 10.7 mil, one of the cheaper premium midfield options, but he has just been absolutely on fire, especially at home uh, in this last home stand. But overall, averaging 8.75 fantasy points per game in home matchups with five goals and two assists. And then in his, this current home stand, they've had this is going to be their fourth straight home game. And in the current home stand in the last three, he's averaging 12.33 fantasy points per game with three goals and an assist in that time. And again, LA Galaxy allowed the most fantasy points to midfielders. So I'm keying in on him. He's one of the cheaper premium options available right now. And he's absolutely on fire in his last three games, having a goal in each. And so I'm definitely keying in on him for this weekend. Okay, that's a good tap, and he is in my lineup, and he will stay that way. I'm, I'm not dropping Edward Leuven this week. <laughs> At the beginning of the year, I couldn't even say his last name. I was like, Edward yeah. Lowen? Like, what is yeah. that? Edward Leuven. He's in my lineup. I got to say his name right. But my yeah. tap end of the week is going to be Carlos Hill, the New England Revolution number 10. He's going to be coming in at 11 and a half mil. He's averaging 7.2 points per game on the season and 8.5 points per game and one goal contribution per home game so he's doing well at home he'll scored verse into miami earlier this season in their lone matchup versus miami in a 2-1 loss and the miami are conceding the most points per game at 24.3 on the road to midfielders and inner miami again are already injury prone and injury riddled really and they're playing midweek u.s open cup so for all of those reasons carlos hill is my tap in of the week brian who's your 50 50 my 50-50 is Eric Tommy. So I, I've got Carlos Hill in my lineup as well. So I, we're, we pretty much just have to keep listening to each other this week. That's the, I think that's the, the the moral of the story for this one. But no, my 50-50 is Eric Tommy at 8.4 mil, uh, only averaging 4.65 points per game, but has a goal contribution in two of their last three home games, all of which they've won. So SKC, like I said earlier, might have turned a bit of a corner, at least in their home form. 
earlier on. They were getting tons of shots, especially at home, not able to turn them into goals. They're starting to find a little bit of that home form. Uh, and Austin is allowing the sixth most fantasy points per game away and are giving up slightly more than average to midfielders specifically away. So I'm keying in on Eric Tommy. He's in my uh, he's on my bench as a switcheroo option right now at 8.4. He's my one value midfielder. And I'm keying in on him because it seems like SKC might have turned a corner at home and are at least turning some of those um, shots into a finished product. And ideally, Eric Tommy is involved in that. He takes a lot of their corner kicks and set pieces and things like that. He's one of their more uh, creative options. It's just whether or not they can get the finish in. That's a good shout. I just have to forgive and forget what Eric Tommy did to me earlier this season. It's tough. It's yeah. tough when they really burn you and you really feel like you might have had that differential pick. It's it's tough to go back. I did just take him out of my lineup for Lucas Elarion, which I feel like is an upgrade. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's probably a safe bet. <laughs> but Eric Tommy's not bad. I did have Eric Tommy in there. And before I even but before you sent me or told me what you were gonna do with your lineup and Eric Tommy was gonna be your 50-50. Last night I sat down, I made my first draft and Eric Tommy, a home game and a pretty decent matchup is somebody that I put in my lineup initially as well. And when you told me he was your 50, 50, I'm like, damn it. That is a good one, Brian. Good shout there. <laughs> but my 50, 50 of the week is going to be Orlando city striker or Kara at 8.7 mil Colorado. The team will be playing this weekend. They give up the third most points per game at 14.1 points per game away to forwards. Colorado have conceded away goals this year to Cucho, Araujo, Yakamakis, Judd, Vargas for Charlotte. Jordan Moore scored two, and then a Bear scored a goal as well. Cara has scored goals in two of his last three home starts since week 10. But Orlando are the worst home team and have scored the fewest home goals in the Eastern Conference. But again, they're unbeaten in the last three home matches. So... That's that, that's a 50 50 uh, defined right there. I mean, there's there's some boom, there's some bust and there's a lot of in between there and you don't really know what you're going to get until the, the, the final whistle goes. So Urkan Carr is going to be, be my 50 50 of the week. Brian, who's your long shot? Yeah, so my long shot this week, I'm going to New England and picking Bobby Wood at 7.2 mil. In five home starts, he's averaging seven points per game with three goals and three assists. A goal contribution in all but one of those five games. Uh, the problem is he only has one bonus point in, at home this season. So uh, he's completely goal dependent, which is not too uncommon with forwards. And it, But at 7.2 mil, he's an option for me right now uh, in a switcheroo situation as well. And I just I feel pretty comfortable with that. With Actually, no, wait, never mind. Check that. I put Yakumakis in my switcheroo, and so right now he's actually in my starting lineup, but I can either switch him depending on how Yakumakis yep. plays tonight as long as he keeps that yellow card off, or I can keep him in as a value option this uh, this week. But I, I like his odds to to be a contributor uh, this weekend against, against just a really woeful uh, Miami side, especially on the road. And so I, I'm, I'm keying in on what he can do to, to contribute to that game as well. Another good pick, Brian. My long shot of the week is going to be RSL's 18-year-old homegrown goalkeeper, Gavin Beavers, at an unbeatable unbeatable four-mil price tag. He's made two straight starts for Zach McMath, who's been out with a concussion. The team they're playing, New York City FC, are winless on the road this season. 
zero wins, three draws, five losses. That's kind of hard to believe. And NYCFC are shut out in three of their last four away games. So I, I don't know if RSL is going to get the shutout, but you know, NYCFC aren't scoring on the road, but RSL have given up three goals in two of their last three home games. So there goes that, that clean sheet shot I just said. And then Zach McMath is also listed as questionable and maybe back for this weekend's match. Although Beavers is still starting in midweek U S open cup versus the LA galaxy. So for all of those reasons, the $4 million man, Gavin Beavers is my long shot of the week. And he's actually in my starting lineup right now, waiting to see what McCarthy does for LAFC. So we'll see. But Brian, let's get into start bench sell. And I believe I'm going to give you your three players first, if you're ready, Brian. Run it. All right. So we're going to be doing, I usually do value forwards. I probably have one guy you would consider value and then two that are slightly higher. So I'm going to start with the middleman a man that we have mentioned at least once on this podcast tonight, Daniel Shallowy, sporting Kansas city's left winger playing against Austin at home, averaging 4.76 points per game. And he's going to cost you 8.2 mil. Okay. I will then go to the most expensive player, Jefferson Savarino for real salt Lake playing at home versus the team. I just talked about New York city FC. Jefferson Savarino is going to cost you nine mil and he's averaging 5.54 points per game. And then your cheapest option, Nicholas Giacchini for St. Louis city. I think I have the wrong team written down that they're playing against. Who are they playing? They're playing galaxy, the galaxy. I wrote down LAFC and I just knew that that was not true. They're playing the galaxy He's averaging 4.21, and he is 7.2 mil. So you got Savarino, Giacchini, Shallowy, Star Bench Cell. What do you got, Brian? Wait, and who is RSL playing again this weekend? RSL is playing New York City FC at That's home. right, that's right. You just mentioned that. Yep, yep, okay. So, man. I definitely like all three of these matchups. I figured you would, Brian. I kind of know you. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with Jefferson Severino. The most expensive man. I love it. Yeah. Scared, scared yeah. money don't make no money. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, he did well for me in the in the game last week. And he, it was like almost all bonus points. Yeah. Uh, he had nine, and then they didn't play him over the weekend, which kind of bummed me out. But um, – We'll kind of see where, I mean, I, I mean, if he's able to go, they're going to play him. He's probably their most pivotal player right now. So um, I, I think I'll start Savarino uh, against NYCFC. I like that situation. You kind of sold me on just how poor NYCFC have been on the road. And they've kind of just had a hard time. And Nick Cushing has started to get, I think, a lot of, a lot of grief. They haven't, they haven't won a game in a month, over a month yeah. now. So it seems like uh, he might be on the hot seat as well with, with Greg Fanny. Um, and uh, that's, this, I, I have a hot take right here. That's going to be Caleb Porter's next job. Is NYCFC? Yep. All right. I'm not, I mean, it's not super entertaining. I mean, I, I, I'm like, I was like lukewarm about Caleb Porter, and, and... everybody's lukewarm about Caleb yeah. Porter, but 
I, I haven't I haven't heard anything about Caleb Porter in a long time. I'm like, well, this feels yeah. really good. This feels like just a really random segment to say, you know what? Why not Caleb yeah, Porter? Yeah, yeah. Caleb Porter there. to New York City FC after Nick Cushing loses this weekend to RSL. Make it happen. Wow. All right. Well, now that's a super hot take. I mean, that's after this, after this weekend. That's a super hot take. All I could right. also He's, I could also see him going to the Galaxy, but I digress. You, you found you found a way to take a lukewarm Caleb Porter's and and turn it into a hot take more power to you all right uh i think with my bench i'm gonna go uh giacchini i just think that matchup is just absurdly favorable for st louis and they just score a ton of goals at home so like they have like probably the most ideal matchup this weekend and they also produce so um giacchini could easily be a part of that and i think when you're looking at that million difference, I think it's worth at least benching. I mean, honestly, you could argue starting him over Severino as well. Um, but I'll bench Giacchini and then sell Shallowy. So I've got, yeah, start Severino, bench Giacchini, sell Daniel Shallowy. Oh, good. You might have to use one of those guys because, of course, Yakamakis just went down in the 31st minute with. Uh, after a head collision with Jesus Mario, but it looks like both are okay. But okay. anytime Gigi goes down, I get a little bit scared because yeah, because then that happened to him just a week or so ago. In the last double game week, it happened right where they subbed him out in like the 60th minute or something like that. Yeah, but the same happened for Bowanga last time that LAFC had a double game week. I think we probably both started Bowanga and then he didn't start the second game. It's like yeah, it's, it's nervy, killer, nervy it's times. Yeah. All right, so. You talked about it, so you're like, you got to find the guys that are going to play 180 minutes. And Bowonga is a guy that he got off a plane and he scored a game-winning goal, right? He's going to play no matter what, and then yeah. he don't start him. Come on, man. Yeah, surprisingly. I, I'd imagine they're going to start – I mean, if Charmelo is starting him midweek after, like, not giving him a rotation, I mean, you might as well start him on the week. I mean, I'd imagine Charmelo is trying to get six points, like, big time after that let up. And then getting roasted with the whole, like, MLS rules are the reason we didn't – we can't compete like that whole thing. So I'd imagine he's going to come out real firing, trying to get six points this week to kind of make up for that. All, all just everything around that club right now. Anyway, I digress. So my start bench. So for you, I've got, uh, I think all these guys are going to be in a lot of people's like minds as to who to play. But the thing is they're all on the road, three midfielders, premium midfielders all on the road. Um, we've got Lucho Acosta, 11.4 mil averaging seven points. At Vancouver, who also have a midweek. They actually both had midweeks. Cincinnati already got their win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Vancouver's got a midweek against Montreal or tonight as well. Then we got Lucas Celereon, 12.7 mil, averaging 8.71 at Chicago. Third is Daniel Gazdag, 12.3 mil, 7.4 points per game at San Jose. Start Ben Cell. They're at San Jose? Correct. Yeah, so, yeah, all three of these guys are on the road, but I think how, how much is God's dog? Uh, 12.3. Wow, that's I, I like this a lot. I already have Zellerion in my lineup. I think that the first two guys you listed, Lucho and Lucas, I will give my take on those two guys. Those are two of the, the top five center attacking mids in the league, probably two of the top three, right up there with, with Almeida. And then depends on what you consider Hani Mukhtar, but yeah. Hmm. Despite Lucas's price, because the Columbus crew don't have midweek, 
I like his matchup versus Chicago more than Phillies against San Jose. Yeah. And then really FC and Cincinnati. After, Robert, I think too. I think they got yeah. beat by Houston. By Houston. Right? They got smacked by Houston. At home. I think. And they played the majority of their starters. Yeah. And then I'm not super confident. Like I think Lucho will still have a decent game, but FC Cincinnati traveling after midweek up to Vancouver, uh, tough place to play. Yeah. So I will start Lucas. I will stick with what's already in my lineup. I'll start him. I'm going to, man, there could be a lot of goals in that Philly San Jose game. Yeah, I'm, I have a hard time figuring out what to make of it because San Jose, I feel like we're really consistent at home, but it's a different animal with Philadelphia right now. Yeah. I will start Lucas, bench Lucho, sell Gazdog. Woo! Yeah, I think Vancouver, they're playing in a cup match tonight against Montreal. They're going to expend all of their energy. They're They're trying to win, so I think there might be more rotation there in Vancouver. It's still going to be tough for FC Cincinnati to go there and pull off a result. Although they just did it in Montreal a couple weeks back, Memorial day weekend, they went up to Canada and got a result there. So. And Cincinnati are getting results everywhere right now. It's like just unbelievable how, how well they're playing this year. I don't think we could honestly like congratulate. I mean, just what Noonan has done with that team. Like enough. Like he, I mean, he has to win coach of the year, right? I mean, he's probably just went like a coach of the, last couple of years. I mean, just taking a Absolutely. team that's like historically the worst team ever and going like worst team, at least starting yeah. an expansion to go from that to immediately putting him in the playoffs and getting a playoff win and then taking him to support you and then making history with the best start in two years. It's just, I mean, with this pretty much the same roster, right? I mean, they just kind of got a few defender. I mean, his first year, they pretty much got the same roster. So and it's just, it's it's how they're doing it, right? Because last yeah. year was by scoring goals, and they were the yeah. most fun team to watch because they were scoring goals and they were getting scored on. Yeah. And now it's well, our guys that were scoring a bunch last year aren't scoring. We're actually doing a a record um, outgoing sale of Brenner, and you know yeah. our Vasquez really isn't hitting yet either. And it's you know Lucho Acosta Barrial, and then the two guys behind Lucho in the center defensive midfield, Wobodo and Moreno. Those guys are just rocks in the midfield, and they're so defensively sound, which is the complete opposite. So just the fact that Noonan has been able to create a a full team and really win both ways and win home and away, he's just done a, a phenomenal job. And yeah. what more could you expect from a guy under the the Jim Curtin coaching tree, right? There you go. Right. And, and, how about, and, and, and how Philly about, are Philly are one of the hottest teams in MLS right now, too. Yep. But how about how about this? How about LAFC who and Cincinnati, who are probably maybe the two supporters shield favorites at this point, both have an open DP slot going into mm. the summer window. That's scary. I mean, that's just when it comes to um just building a roster. I mean, you have to look at what these with these two clubs specifically, and I think Cincinnati really set themselves up strategically last year by bringing in Sergio Santos and having Baji there to yeah. really have the Brenner replacement and Vaz. I mean, obviously I don't think either of them replaced Vasquez this year, but I mean, just having the options and the depth to kind of let those moves happen where they can keep the players happy and still simultaneously get the results they need to, you know, push for trophies. And I think that's really got to be how teams sort of the blueprint for how to teams navigate this new seller's market league of yeah, just like you, how do you do both because you have to try to still do both right you still have to win so yeah and you you have like like 
the example you just provided, like you have to be proactive. You have to anticipate the sale of these players. Like if you bought this guy, that's, you know, he's, he's highly touted. He's being recruited by big teams over in Brazil. Um, When you, when you purchased him, there was interest elsewhere for, you know, for the guy start to look for those cheaper intra-league replacements for him that can fill in, do a job after you make the sale and, and to, to just lay the foundation until you get that next guy in the door. So FC Cincinnati have not put a foot wrong and they've done everything right in their two years under Pat Noonan. It's been really, really fun to watch as a crew fan as well, yeah. because it, it just, it makes the rivalry so, so much better. It's, it's going to be yeah. fun for years to come. It, it really will. But Brian, I think that's probably a good place for us to close out outside of FC Cincinnati's dominance. Do you have any other closing thoughts? Uh, I mean, I think we just have to bring up the fact that like props to the MLS for getting messy here. Like I just, I I feel like it's been talked about for like well over a year at this point, brought up many times, just uh, like, and then it just being a random rumor and just whether or not it can happen and just how big of a deal it would be. And to actually have that be an official announcement today and just, I mean, this is the probably the biggest moment in MLS history outside of the David Beckham signing. You know, I mean, it's like these are the two like era defining moments, I'd say, in MLS history right now. Mm-hmm. And just um, and Gwitta McBlanco, I think we should also throw him in at that point. I mean, because that was the same year. With, but like just those kind of signings, what happened at that time, the impact that those players had on the league was just monumental. So I think it's just I mean, shout out to MLS for making that happen. It seems like they were able to actually compete with Saudi Arabia and these other places that were trying to get him on these huge deals. So for MLS making it work, it's just props to the props to you know the whole the whole league for making it happen. It's going to be a really big time couple of years heading into the World Cup hosting in 2026 now. Absolutely, growing a whole new fan base. People that weren't MLS fans are now basically force-fed MLS because if you want to watch Messi, there's only one place you can watch him. It's the greatest league in the world, the MLS. Okay, folks, so he'll be here midsummer. so we'll be talking about Lionel Messi a lot on this podcast. Hopefully he doesn't have like a freshman slump in MLS. Hopefully he comes in and hits the ground running and that price point in MLS fantasy just – skyrocket so uh, i'm so excited to see it and yeah man it's transcendent for this league i remember when the la galaxy got david beckham i skipped my junior homecoming dance i believe maybe sophomore homecoming dance to go watch david beckham the columbus crew stadium wasn't very big at historic crew stadium and we ended up putting bleachers like high school bleachers right behind the goal Uh And, and that's where I sat because they were they were trying to sell every freaking ticket available. They were creating seats out of nothing. And yeah, that was that was awesome. And you're already seeing the ticket prices skyrocket at <laughs> at stadiums across MLS for when they play Miami. But it's going to be exciting. We'll go into that later when he gets into MLS and we can talk about his his runs from the, the right flank on that left foot, just running through defenses. I can't wait. Yep. But guys. Thank you for listening to episode 17 of the Dropping Points podcast. It was a pleasure. Good luck this week. Like we said, just one, well, two teams on a double game week. LAFC Atlanta, they're tied 0-0, getting ready to go into halftime. So, again, make some informed decisions. Do your own research. We hope you listen responsibly. Enjoy the weekend slate of matches, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.